Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different niches, different genres, people who are doing really cool things in their space. So we've talked to CEOs, we talked to high performance athletes, we've talked to scientists, and then we've talked to just other people doing really cool things. And um, we always try to have um, some things that people can take away and apply to their own lives. And I know we'll be able to do that today, just before we jump into the, the really cool interview we have today. Um, one is is that you know that a lot of the guests on our show actually have, have talked about the importance of writing down goals and, and really doing some goal setting practice. Um, one of the things that we have to help with that is Michael Hyatt's full focus planner. And if you jump onto our uh, Instagram or onto our website, um, you'll be able to see something there for it. And uh, it's definitely something that might help you think through that process. So uh, so our, uh, our Instagram page is uh, big idea, um, big moves, and uh, just jump on that and, and see if it works for you. The other one is uh, if you're looking for a valued publication for health, for fitness, for nutrition, um, you know that we uh, have really kind of connected well with Impact Magazine. So uh, so take a look at that. Lots of really cool articles in there. Um, it, the easiest thing is just to go to www.impactmagazine.ca and uh, and see what you can find there. Uh, and so, you know, we're really lucky to, to have uh, Kelsey Keel with us today. Um, she is a multi-sport athlete. Um, um, she's a three-time cross, uh, CrossFit Games team athlete, uh, a top individual competitor. She was a two-time all-conference soccer athlete, which some people may or may not know, and uh, is now in the USA development group for bobsleigh, which is pretty cool as well. Her ability to transfer from kind of one um, focus to another uh, is pretty profound, um, and I know completely transferable to all the people that are listening right now. And, and so first of all, Kelsey, I know that uh, you have a very busy lifestyle right now. So it's nice that you have a little bit of a break, but thanks for joining us. Of course. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, maybe the, the first thing to, uh, is that I know relatively recently you kind of did your first kind of full development camp and stuff with, with bobsleigh. And um, I just uh, thought maybe, you know, how did, how did that go from your end? I mean, you were, you were paired with um, some really cool people at different times and learned from some really cool people. So how yeah. did that go for you? Yeah, well, the past, I guess it's been since probably September, my life has been a whirlwind. I feel like I spent a decent chunk of time at the Olympic Training Center in Lake Placid, New York. But other than that, I haven't been in one place for longer than probably 10 days since then. So my life has been like absolutely wild. Um, Like you said, I kind of transitioned from CrossFit into this bobsled opportunity. Um, I just decided to go for it and give it a try. And like you said, I went through it. I was kind of just thrown into the fire. We've said drinking from a fire hose and it has been that way the last uh, six months. Um, but it has been the coolest experience learning the ins and outs of bobsled. I would say what you see if you, you know, have the Olympic channel and you're watching a a bobsled um, race, that's about 10% of the sport. Um, What I didn't realize, which I quickly did is it is kind of like a, like a grungy blue collar type of sport in the, in the background. So it was really, it was awesome to be thrown in, in September. I was just brought out to team trials. Um, for the, for the season. I mean, these are three time, two time Olympians out there that I'm 
trying to go against yeah, you get to kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it, it's one of the things so i'm i'm in uh, toronto so i'm, I'm okay. canadian um and obviously kaylee humphreys is everybody here knows her and and yeah. i mean in the sport so if if people people know her even outside of that sport because she is this you know huge uh person from that end uh, you know that must have been pretty cool the first uh, first time you're kind of getting into this to actually be you'll be able to see that level uh, in that sport incredible Kaylee Alana Myers Taylor who's a two-time Olympian I can't even someone was telling me the statistics about how many World Cup medals she's won and it's like if I told you it would be I wouldn't say the correct numbers but it's astounding <laughs> how many medals this woman has yeah. who also was you know has her just turned one year old with her as she yeah crushing it yeah um and then the other two pilots who are with alana and kaylee you know we have four um pilots who are at team trials have been doing it for 10 years and the wealth of knowledge that all of these ladies were you know just i i I was like a deer in headlights for the first i mean i still still am but uh thrown in in september and just trying to learn i mean i didn't even know how much i didn't know i knew that i you know, on paper, my strength was going to um, translate well into the sport, but mm-hmm. I have never, I did play soccer, but even soccer, like I was never taught the form and sprint mechanics, like how to actually sprint. Yeah. And that is the biggest, one of the biggest pieces of being fast and pushing a bobsled fast. It's a little bit of a different focus than like true sprint training. Like if you're trying to have a fast 100 but yeah. you're you need to learn you need to know how to sprint and to hit the angles and to you know have all these things that I have literally never learned in my life so it was eye-opening how much yeah. I didn't know in that regard but also like I mentioned the um the kind of blue collar like you're yeah. gonna get your hands dirty you're gonna smell like oil and acetone yeah. and yeah. you're gonna learn how to like put on runners, sand runners, you're going to learn like the ins and outs of these sleds that, um, that's what probably the biggest part of the sport is knowing how to take care of the sleds. Like you're as a brakeman, which is my position in the sled, you're there to help your pilot because that's their baby. That's their, I mean, lots of money goes into these sleds and you want to make sure that you're there, you're doing everything right. You're listening. I, I was like mentally tired after a day in the garage because you just need to know all the little things. And even if you're not sliding the day when we were finally on ice, you're moving sleds. Like these things are, are hundreds of pounds and yeah. you're, you have to know how to flip it. You need to know how to move it so that you're not, you know, dropping runners on concrete or anything like that. So yeah. it was a lot, but I, I personally love that side of it. Like yeah. you're going to get yeah. dirty. You're going to, you're going to just like, spend hours in the garage which you have to remember to pack snacks because I mean, <laughs> there are no breaks there are no breaks yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah well and, and it's it's funny we um talked to uh another uh bobsledder uh, not too long ago and and they um they had talked about because we talked about at the time um so tia Tumi was also another person who had recently kind of went into that yeah, and yeah. Uh, she had been on the show recently um, but we talked about the transition from being in CrossFit into that. And, and it was the part you kind of talked about a little bit too, is um, even if you're a sprinter, it's not even that it's the it's the power in about six seconds. That is such a transition is to try to understand how do you have such a, a fast time in such a short amount of time. And it's so different. Moving a 
very heavy objects. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. Well, and that's that's why you could see so many people have been kind of coming out of that CrossFit piece because of the the power that I would right. assume most people have. Yeah. But but it's even that transition probably is is quite different. So. Yeah. Very extremely cool. and it's been cool yeah <laughs> very cool um so you know maybe that's that's one thing is is that um you know we've talked about um you know the coming out of crossfit and and what you've done there i know you've taken i think you're not in the open this year um because of kind of the other stuff that you've done yeah um but you know when we've talked to other people from that and there's this real change i think now for um you know in, in the past there has been a different connotation with strong women and this has been something that i know a lot of people who listened to it liked when um like Annie thora's daughter came on and talked about how she for her it was a little different because in iceland there was never this stigma around you know strong women being you know a, a really cool thing and now that yeah has changed. Have you seen that yourself in, in the last few years? Is that different than when you started? Um, I, I, I feel like, I, okay, so I started crossfitting more seriously, probably the end of 2015, um, into 2016. And I think by then the, the support of stronger women and that kind of thing was already pretty prevalent, Yeah, but I've spoken a lot about being a soccer player, a, a well, we have a little friend joining us. Yeah, I, I was going to say at some point, it I know is. your dog is featured in almost all of your uh, uh, social media stuff. So you just opened like, so at some point. Right. The door. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like coming from soccer, I always say like, I mean, I played soccer my whole life. Like I yeah. wish that I had these elite and not, not even like top level games athletes, like even just CrossFit ladies, like, yeah. I wish that I kind of had that to look up to when I was middle school, high school, even college. Like I, in college, fitness and nutrition and that kind of thing wasn't on my radar. I didn't know how to fuel myself. Mm -hmm. I went to a very small division three school, which was a lot of fun and I loved it, but the resources there are just different than like division one, even division two and other division three programs. So Um, I feel like fitness, nutrition, all of that was not really on my radar at all. And I was constantly, you know, I'm a, we're all as a female, I'm comparing myself all the time and I'm a larger, stronger female and kind of that classic soccer player was, you know, a little bit taller, thinner, like could run forever. And I always thought it was almost like I was wrong for how I looked and my size and that kind of thing. And I, you know, even to this day, I'll joke about like, oh, I was, I had a leg, like I could score off of corner kicks and, you know, 40 yards out and that kind of thing. And I was a little bit of that bigger athlete. So I would kind of like be an enforcer on the field, but like (laughs) back then, like I wasn't super proud of that. And that's why I always think like, man, if I had Annie Thor's daughter and Cara Saunders and like all these, you know, strong, badass women to look up to when I was that age, like, that would have been probably pretty life-changing for Very me. Very cool. Yeah. Well, and, and now I would assume um, you're that person for a whole lot of younger <laughs> people, which has got to be kind of cool. Do you yeah. find, um, I mean, one thing is you do um, have a real community around kind of mm-hmm. what you do. How, um, have you seen that, I guess, first of all? Like, do you, do you get a lot of feedback from those people? Does, uh, does that I, happen? Yeah, I feel like I... I I'm one of the luckiest people ever because I just feel like my 
the people that support me through Instagram have are just the best. Like I rarely get like anger on my posts. I rarely get inappropriate messages. Like I feel like people have been with me since like the beginning where I was, you know, I was hundred, almost 200 pounds and I lost the weight and I worked on kind of, I mean, I remember training for the 2016 when we went as a team for the games and my teammate and I were practicing our butterfly chest bar pull-ups. Like I, what I like definitely started from the bottom. Like I had two green bands when I first started doing pull-ups and CrossFit. Like, I think that I, like you mentioned, like I would love to just, if I've inspired one person, then I've done my job because like I get so much inspiration from these women that I've been lucky enough to compete against, which is still mind blowing to me. But so if I can be that for one person, like I just, I'm so grateful for the people that have stuck with me and from the transition from CrossFit now to bobsled, I, I, that's definitely like a a piece of the puzzle that I was, you know, worried about a little bit, but people just seem to, to want to support me. And I just am forever grateful for that for sure. (laughs) Well, and the other thing is because those are, um, you know, they're, they're both like a lot of people even struggle in, in bobsled because it's an amateur sport. I mean, you still have to be able to get, I mean, there are sponsorships, but there it's still pretty much, you know, you have to do a lot of work to get those sponsorships sometimes. (laughs) So people might not realize that. Um, From your end, I mean, a lot of what you do also brings sponsors and things like that. Do you, do you actively do that now? Like, do you, do you have to go out and really find sponsors or is it a lot of it drawn to you because of the community you've built? How does that work for you? Yeah. So the sponsorship thing was actually probably more of a source of anxiety for me with the switch of sports than people supporting me. Like I was definitely nervous about some of my, um, just sponsors because I, a majority of them have been, are in the CrossFit space or, or the fitness space and bobsled's just like you said, like, it's like a niche sport. That's kind of like, yeah. not a lot of people really know what's going on with it. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, um, I've been again, so lucky that my sponsors kind of see that, you know, I, I, and I'm putting words in all my sponsors mouths right now, but like training for a sport, whatever, if it's CrossFit, if it's bobsled or whatever it might be, it, yeah. that just requires high performance and, and, hard training, even if that training doesn't look like what people are used to seeing. So I think I've been so lucky that my sponsors have stuck with me. I even signed a supplement sponsors since making the transition, which was pretty awesome. Um, and I, all my sponsorships pretty much have been because I've used the product too. So it's, it's like, even if I'm not crossfitting, I'm still wearing junk headbands or wearing my Fleo in my normal training, even if it doesn't look like your classic CrossFit. So I think that they see kind of the value in that as well. And I've just been like, that was a big thing that I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to support me in this transition? Well, it might not, it might be a completely new audience on top of that too, or an international audience that you're going to get into might not have before. So that's, that's kind of cool. So you mentioned a high performance training and how, you know, it might look different. What what do you do from, um, 
uh, mental performance standpoint? Like, are you one of those people that has to do a lot of kind of uh, a lot of stuff before a race? Like, are you are you in your head a lot or are you pretty even keel most of the time? So I when I was crossfitting, I definitely needed to do like more mental prep than anything, just like yeah. more so like talking to myself, trust yeah. your gymnastics, trust your fitness, trust yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm just someone who tends to, to doubt as I'm like going into it, but it's like the night before, you know, I'm not going to get any fitter that day before. So I just yeah. like really trusting myself yeah. and, and kind of talking myself through that yeah. with bobsled. It's actually kind of funny. I had a, a talk with one of um, the coach, the, one of the push coaches while I was, it was a race and, um, the races that I was doing on the North America's cup was a little bit more, not as like big time as the world cup people over in, in Europe. So <laughs> yeah. it was kind of, it was good because I was getting reps. I was getting practice and that kind of thing. But yeah. one the coach said to me, he's like, okay, what did you think about? Cause I don't know if people know this, but bobsled, it's like, you take one run down the yeah. track you it takes about you have to like get the sled back up to the top of the track blah blah blah, and then you get one more so it's almost like you get two reps in a day to (laughs) practice and it's like you have to kind of that's where that whole thing comes in but um I I told him what I was thinking about and he's like okay what I want you to do this time is just turn your brain off just do what you you know you can do blah blah and it was so much better and I'm like okay I guess in bobsled, I have to trust my fitness or trust myself in, in that as well. So I, I'm someone who I know that like, when I'm training, I want to work as hard as I can so that when it comes to race day, I can work on just kind of calming my nerves and, you know, taking those deep breaths and really just reminding myself to, to trust the work that I've put in prior. Yeah. And any, um, I mean, any high performance athlete, but also people that are just performing at a high level, whether they're CEOs or whether they're whatever they are, um, one, there has to be a, a certain level of like grit and resiliency that, that you would have and that those people would have. Um, assuming that's the case for you, where, where does that come from for you? Like, do you, did you, uh, is it pretty innate for you? Is it something you had to learn over time or is there maybe somebody that impacted that for you? That is a great question. I feel like CrossFit just kind of like got me there. (laughs) I failed over and over and over and over again. I mean, daily in, in training all, you know, that's why, why you train and practice and that kind of thing. And I think that, I don't know if it was any like specific time, but I just, there's just something that makes me want to almost like prove to myself that I can do it. And I think that that was what it was with CrossFit for so long. I was just like, I hate being so bad at this. And I want to like, so maybe a little bit of a competitiveness inside myself. Um, But I don't know. I can't like think of one time that kind of like made me that way. But um, a big part of it with CrossFit was when I was doing team, it was, you know, it's not just you and you don't want to let other people down. Yeah. And so I think that was a big part of it. And now with bobsled, it's like, it's actually kind of, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, I would say, because it's so based off of your time. So push fast and they're going to, you're going to fast. You're not (laughs) push fast. You know, it's not like, yeah, kind of like, oh, it was a bad day. You know, I mean, there can be things like snow and that kind of thing, but um, what's cool about that is it's like, I want to push 
I want to beat like my prior push time, or I want to like, I want to push fast because I want to help my pilot get as much speed on the start as possible. It's pretty, it kind of brings that team aspect in granted. We only have two in the sled as females, but uh, it kind of like, I see parts of my training when I was training CrossFit in, in Bobsled. You know, the, the workouts aren't the same, but do you, um, I mean, you mentioned you're, you're obviously competitive. Anybody at your level would be competitive, but, but even just competitive with yourself that way, when you're in a competition, whether it's CrossFit or soccer or whatever, are you, uh, um, but especially CrossFit and soccer, cause you're going to see a leaderboard and our, our CrossFit and uh, bobsled it's, you see that, do you watch that? Do you, are you one of those people who, who is, uh, you know, they, they see that as their goal for the next run or is it all kind of individual? We know what our next, our next goal is kind of thing. That is a really good question because <laughs> there'd be different times with CrossFit that I'd be like, I'm not looking at the leaderboard. Yeah. I'm not looking at it. Um, well, actually when I qualified as an individual out of strength and depth in 20, early 2020, yeah. Before yeah. everything happened. In yes. I did a really good job of not sitting in bed that night looking at the leaderboard. I thought yeah. I was really proud of myself that I didn't <laughs> leaderboard all weekend and that kind of thing. I did, yeah. you know, you you hear it when you're competing and that kind of thing. So, sure. and like, I moved from heat two, I moved to the top heat, like things like that happened. But I, I did know going into the last day, like, okay, there's this, the first workout, like you have to perform, you have to do what you can do what you know, like, because yeah. you need to get a decent time here, blah, blah, blah. But I did a really good job of not leaderboarding, which I think, I think was really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. On the bobsled side, it's, I have found that I look at my time so much, like, I think because I'm still learning and I'm still like, yeah. like comparing myself to other new girls, but also then looking at the vets, like kind of looking at that, like I'm definitely looking at times more often than I think I actually like want to, like, I would rather just be like, okay, I know I need to focus on this and this and this, but it's still so new to me that I I can kind of compare it to that beginning of crossing. Like what's, what's your split versus someone else (laughs) relatively new. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And, and what do you, um, so if we go back to your soccer stuff, because you yeah. did that collegiate soccer, um, you know, why the, uh, you know, did you, did you continue playing after school? Did you, why the, the change, I guess. at that Yeah. Point? So I, I played all four years and yeah. then I graduated and I was, um, I was coaching. So yeah. I was an assistant coach at Rosemont college here in, in the Philadelphia area. And then I had a group of like a team of little eight-year-old girls and it was so much fun. And I was, um, kind of like, as a side note, I wasn't like this amazing collegiate soccer. Yeah. 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 It was like, (laughs) you know, like mediocre, but college (laughs) soccer, nonetheless, I was playing like pickup soccer. Um, just like I had a couple co-ed leagues, like other coaches invited me to here and there. And I was playing one night and I actually ended up breaking my ankle and I got this girl just kind of came in with her cleats and it was just, just like a little crunch and had yeah. to go to the ER and I got a cast on my leg and it was, that was actually the first, like, I've never broken a bone until then. Yeah. Um, I made it through college with no ACL tears, nothing like wow. that. Um, I like, I had like a strained quad and like a twisted ankles and that kind of thing, but never any side, like totally sidelining injuries. Yeah. And that was the first time that I'd experienced that. So I, 
you know, I was on crutches. I couldn't go to the gym. I couldn't play soccer. I couldn't do any, like it was a couple months, obviously, where I needed to heal. And I was then in a boot and all that. Um, And my sister, actually, I was just like in kind of not a very good headspace. I was um, just unhappy with my body and the way my body looked, but I also wasn't doing anything to change that. Um, I was just kind of going down like not a great path. And my sister actually, uh, she's in the Navy and she was stationed overseas. And uh, if you know anything about Djibouti, Africa, all they do over there is CrossFit work and go to sleep. So she, that's where she started CrossFit. Um, And she came back, she came back um, to Philadelphia and she's, it was right when I got my boot off and she's like, just come do a CrossFit class with me just come try it. And I had just been like, never I'm never gonna do CrossFit. never like one of my girlfriends in high school when I was off to in college she was doing it and we'd just be like oh, CrossFit, like whatever <laughs> and uh, I was like fine I'll go and I went and the first workout that I did was Helen running kettlebell swings and pull-ups and I remember stopping on the 400 meter runs I was dying yeah. uh two bands on the pull-ups like light kettlebell I was miserable and I was so bad at it that I'm like, I got to come back. I do it again. Because <laughs> there's that competitive side. I was just like, yeah. I hate that I'm so bad at this. <laughs> My sister's like beating me. I'm like, this. and that's kind of how it all started. <laughs> wow. That's very cool because it's, uh, yeah. Like, and, and yeah, if they do, if you do a workout like that, that's a, that's a tough one to do in your first time doing a workout as well. So you're afraid about like scaling it. And, and I'm yeah. just you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to, but you have like, to. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, do you have, um, do you have somebody that is, uh, like, kind of you'd see as a, a mentor or somebody that you've you've looked up to yourself through your career oh, that's interesting let's think about that um like in the CrossFit or just like it can anything. be uh, not anything anything huh. um I would say that it's ebbed and flowed of who that I kind of like look up to yeah. I love watching the the strong female CrossFit athletes just do their thing I yeah. have all the respect in the world for them. Um, so I feel like that was definitely a driving force at first. Um, but I would say like a big part of it was the different teammates that I had throughout. Um, I mean, when I first got connected with CrossFit Parallax, uh, Rachel Goldenberg, who owns CrossFit Parallax, who she was kind of like, let's go team. I'm like, I don't know how to do chest bar. So, okay, I'll try. And it was like, I didn't want to let her down. I didn't want to let my team down. So I, and she was a gymnastics, amazing at gymnastics. So just like watching her and watching my other teammates who were just so good that I, that was like, almost like I just couldn't let them down. And then when I moved to Boston, it was like, I, again, these athletes are amazing and I don't want to be the weak link. So it was like, I always strived to, you know, take care of my part on the team and not let the others down. Um, So I think that was a big part of like, like almost mentorship through CrossFit. I just wanted to soak in all the knowledge from these, my training partners that I had. Um, I would say in like 
life. Yeah. Um, one of the people that I look up to most is my boss right now. She, her name's Chrissy May Cagney Park Road, <laughs> like the longest name, but yeah. she, um, I actually hired her to be my nutrition coach back in 20 end of 2015. Um, and she has 100% changed my life. She was my coach. And if anyone's had a nutrition coach out there, they know that the nutrition coach is also kind of a therapist at the same time. So I'm talking to her about my life and all of that as well. And I wasn't really happy in the job that I was in. I was working like a full, full-time job while I was also doing CrossFit. And she, she kind of like took a chance on me and she's like, do you want to like do a kind of like an internship under me and learn the ins and outs of being a nutrition coach and I'll help you pay for the certification. And so I just kind of went for it and I moved out to Reno, Nevada for a year and I studied under her and we kind of built up this company that now is, I mean, I've been working for the same company now for since then. And I mean, she not only on the job side and the, that kind of side, but she is one of the hardest working women I've ever met in my entire life. She just crushes it in anything that she puts her mind to. She just does it. And it's super admirable to watch her. And she's someone who is very open about struggling with like different forms of mental health and and body image stuff. And just all these things that I think are so relatable and so real that I just, I, I, yeah, she's, she's up there with people that I want to make proud, but also that I just look at and I just in awe because she's just amazing. Yeah, real inspiration. Well, and, and, you know, so many people need to hear some of that stuff as well. So it is nice to have that. Um, so what is, uh, so what's up for you for the next little while? Like, uh, you know, you've been, as you were saying early in the interview, you were all over the place. What, um, what does the next little while look for you as things kind of are quasi open and opening yeah. in different places? So, so it's, well, it's technically off season for Bob, yeah. which yeah. is something that I feel like I haven't really experienced with CrossFit, which is so <laughs> nice. Like, yeah. okay, this is designated off season yeah. um, for me. Now it's like, okay, let's learn how to sprint. <laughs> so yeah. I feel as though like I had those amazing drink from a fire hose six months or however long it was with, you know, being part of the team and, and learning from the people there. And I had a remote coach who was, you know, I would video and be trying to do these sprint drills and everything like that. And it was pretty much doing the best that I could with what I had at the time, yeah. you know, we're traveling a ton and everything like that. But now I am in one place, I'm home for an unknown amount of time, <laughs> still waiting to yeah. hear from um, the USA bobsled coaches and um, the training center up in Lake Placid to see yeah. uh, when we're able to go back up there. They, we've all applied for uh, summer housing if you wanted to apply for it. And yeah. the reason we did that is because um, they, in June, I've heard they're opening an, what's called the ice house. Yep. I don't know, you know, in Canada, you guys have one. Yeah, we have the ice um, house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mentioned, you know, on a training day on ice, you're going down maybe twice, maybe three times. So you get three reps. This is a house that mimics the start ramp that we get to get reps on reps on reps on reps. And I'm trying to get up there and get in there as soon as possible. So I can get those reps. Um, That's also where at the end of July, 
Uh, it's what we call the push championships. Mm-hmm. That's really what I'm focusing on and what I want to pe- I need to peak for. Um, that's where you're going to, we're going to be in that ice house and we are going, I'm going to be pushing off against all the other push athletes. Yeah. So that's really where, um, I need to shine. That's very really cool. Very on. cool. Right. So you still have a, I mean, the good thing is you have a pretty detailed plan still, which is nice. So yeah. uh, for yeah. a while, things were so funky all over the place that at least now they're hopes, hopefully we'll see all that stuff stay along a timeline or at least something That's like what I'm that. Hoping. So, we're going yeah. into Olympic year. So I've heard it's a little bit of a crazy. Yeah, I, I, I have heard that too. So, <laughs> uh, um, so one of the things that we ask everybody and, um, and we think, I think with you, it's, it's a perfect kind of question is that um, we try to get a couple two or three kind of actionable things that people can do. But if, um, but for you, you've, you've been really successful at being able to um, kind of transition from a couple of different sports and, and, uh, and even into kind of what you've done from an entrepreneurial standpoint and your, uh, your sponsorships and things like that. Um, if somebody is is thinking they want to make um, make a change and and are pretty hesitant about it because it's it's that mm-hmm. unknown territory, are there a couple of things that you would kind of suggest they they do to to help kind of move towards that leap? Yeah. Oof. Okay. I definitely the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, like don't be afraid to lean on your support system, because I feel like I have had. I mean, it has been a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster with CrossFit too, but I feel like I have this very strong core group of people that support me and that love me no matter what, and just want to see my dreams come to fruition as well, as much as I want them to. Um, So I think that's one of the biggest things. And I know that that can look different for everyone. And I can't assume that everyone has the amazing mother that I have and that kind of thing. But like, I think I also take a step back to like the CrossFit thing. Like I reached out to, he was my CrossFit coach. I reached out to him right before strength and depth. So it was right before I qualified individually. And I have found in him and his wife, like some of the most special people in my life. And I think that like, finding a coach and finding someone who really like believes in you. And it doesn't have to be a physical CrossFit coach. It could be a a mentor or a life coach or anything like that. Like just, there are people who believe in you and can believe in you. And I think that's been probably the biggest thing for me is really leaning on those people when I need them, (laughs) which can be hard and scary to do. And I'm competitive. I don't like, I was just going to say, especially for the competitive person like you, but But it was pretty life-changing when I had, when I started working with Justin with CrossFit, it was pretty like getting that structure and, and having someone like support me in that way. And not just like fluffing me up. It was like, there'd be those hard conversations and the the real conversations. But um, I would say that my support system has been, has been the biggest thing for me. And I think if you talk to most successful people, regardless of what industry they're in or what thing they're in, there there always seems to be that one person who will always tell them like it is and support them. Yeah, it. So, honest, like, yeah. honest conversations. Yeah. And that that can also, that translates over to the nutrition, my job side. Like yeah. Chrissy is definitely someone that she'll be real with me. Like she will, we can talk things out. We can, she's also, I begged her to also do my nutrition again a couple months ago. And yeah. so she's real, she's real with me. That's for sure. And I think that that's, 
that's really important is just to have someone who will be honest and supportive. And, and one of the things that I constantly remind myself, and this is hard for anyone who, no matter what you do, whether it's CrossFit or bobsled or curling, I don't know, but that's like what you do. It's not who you are. And that's been a big thing for me is trying not to put too much. Like, I think I'm going to go give every ounce I can to make the Olympic team this year. And if I don't, I'm not less of a human for it, which has been a really good reminder (laughs) because we all put pressure on ourselves and I am the queen of putting probably way too much pressure on myself, but getting those reminders from the people in my life, like, I love you no matter what, like if you're going to be your best, then we'll support you, but we're going to be here no matter what. And that's yeah. been, that's been pretty great. Yeah. That, I mean, that, I think that's great. The the part about, uh, you know, making sure you're more than whatever your specialty is, what, regardless right. of what it is, you're more than your job, yeah. you're more than whatever. So, yeah. um, yeah. so what, what are some of the best ways if people are trying to follow you and what you do yeah. and, and, uh, anything from that end, what, uh, what would those be Kelsey? Yeah. I'm really active on my Instagram. That's my main thing. I don't think I do anything else really. I so much. <laughs> Instagram enough is like, oh, um, yeah. and my Instagram is Kels Keel. And then um, my the job that I work for is Black Iron Nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually recently started, I have a team of now like five coaches. We are specializing in performance nutrition. So mm-hmm. people who want to increase their performance, whether that's CrossFit, running marathons, bobsled, whatever it might be it's, it's kind of a fun niche because we get to kind of put away the, the, the scale and not worry so much about aesthetics and really just focusing on how we feel and being fueled for, for, for performance, which I really love. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that um, we put in the show notes, both your link and the link to that as well. So, uh, so if people didn't have a chance to write it down, um, we'll make sure that it's in there. But um, cool. uh, again, thanks so much for taking the time. This was great. I know people are going to take away a lot of re- really cool stuff today. So I really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. All right. Okay. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that now. So hit the button uh, either on uh, wherever you're listening or wherever you're watching. And uh, we have great guests every week, um, just like Elsie. So um, again, thank you very much. And we will talk again on Big Idea, Big Moves. Thanks, Elsie.